Good morning. Thanks, Lorex. Once a year, we take a moment to glorify God, to thank Him in a very particular way. So if you're a visitor, this is not the way our normal service rolls. And if you've been at this church for any length of time, you know that this is what we do. This is the time, it's called our annual general meeting. Now, we did it officially, legally in the first service. This is the time where we give God the glory for every life touched, for every soul changed, for everything that happened. Second thing that I want to say is this is yours. This is ours. This church doesn't belong to me or the elders. It belongs to God and belongs to all of us. And without every one of you bringing your gift, without you serving, without you praying, without you contributing, through being involved in so many ways, it wouldn't happen. So as, as we look at these things, as we share them, this is our victory together. And lastly, I want to say thank you to every one of you who has given, given of their time, given of their substance, given of their finances. These things would not happen if it wasn't for your faithfulness and for your diligence. So this is a time of thanksgiving. We present to you our annual financial statements. Now, the most important numbers are the numbers of people, but we present the numbers to you as well, and, uh, and we present to you the elders and, and leaders of the church. I remind you, I want to remind you of our vision. Our vision is to see lives changed, to see communities changed, to see society changed. How, we do, how do we do this? We do it the way Jesus told us to do it, through discipleship through each of us taking the time and trouble to, to reach out to somebody and to share the gospel, each of us taking the responsibility to, to bring a young believer to maturity. And our core values, we, all, we know them. Lordship, evangelism, discipleship, being multicultural, being multigenerational, family, etc. being spirit-empowered. Next week, we celebrate our um, day of Pentecost. These are the values which we live out on a weekly basis, and I know you share them. When we talk about every nation, Johannesburg, who are we? These are all the congregations, and the ones in the little blocks are the campus congregations. If it wasn't for what we did here, many of these congregations wouldn't be able to survive. And definitely the campus wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to see the revivals that we're seeing on the campus if it wasn't for what this congregation in Rosebank does. Most of the time, however, I'm going to focus on every nation Rosebank. In other words, what we, as the four services, we all who celebrate here, are experiencing and doing. But I do want to give you a citywide number. So when we talk about every nation, Joburg, what are we talking about? We're talking about nearly 2,600 people. We've seen just great growth from last year, 2,200 uh, to 2,500 this year. We've seen an incredible increase in visitors. Thank you to every one of you. Thank you for visitors for being with us. And thank you for bringing your friends. Um, we've seen just increase in salvations. And we know there's even more because so many people get saved as you reach out to your neighbor. We've seen a um, bit of a decline in victory weekends, not in Rosebank, but in other congregations. So we're attending to that. And we've seen an increase in the total number of connect groups. And that probably, for me, is the most important number because God wants us to be in community. He wants us to open our lives up to other people. And he wants us to take responsibility for our brothers and sisters that we are ministering to them. So that's the citywide numbers. As far as the Rosebank numbers are concerned, we've gone from 1.3 to 1.5, and currently, on average on a Sunday, 1,700 people. So could we just give the Lord a hand for that? That's an awesome number. Increase in visitors, increase in salvations, increase in victory weekends, and probably the most important number is 185, and that's the number of connect groups here, we've, here in this church. So there's a connect group for you. 
there's got to be a connect group that'll fit your time, schedule, married, unmarried, with kids, without kids, there's a connect group for you. So if you're not in a connect group, so encourage you to get into one. Let's look at some of the ministries. Firstly, our kids' ministry. I'm so glad there's no junior Holy Spirit. And our kids are experiencing the, the presence of God, the power of God. Our kids are being discipled. Uh, Nick and I, our boys went through our kids' ministry, and we have got a spectacular kids' ministry. Thank you to so many of you. We've got 115 kids' ministers. That's all of you who volunteer and give of your time. On average, on a Sunday, we have 300 kids being ministered to. And over this past year, we've had over 100 kids come to the Lord. I remember giving my heart to the Lord about five, six years old, and I meant it, and God reminded me of it. And uh, God meets us where we are. And we've got four kids' connect groups. Isn't that so cool? Like we're kids running connect groups themselves. Bunch of other things. We had a kids' victory camp. Um, our kids' ministers ran the World Conference Kids Program. And we got over 300 kids being touched at various primary schools across the city um, during the week. So there's great things happening in our kids' ministry. Our youth ministry also is fantastic. There's a new connect group happening Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, sorry, on 4th Avenue, Nice, uh, at the Nice Coffee Shop. There was great evangelism training, 36 teenagers and some adults part of that. We're having just incredible breakthrough at Parktown Boys. Some of you have followed some of the bad press that Parktown Boys has been receiving. What's amazing, in the midst of that darkness, Mark and his team are ministering every single Thursday night at Parktown Boys, at the hostel. Um, it's voluntary for the boys to come, and uh, over 60 boys have been coming, and guys are getting saved and touched and ministered to. Um, and we continue to minister to Parktown Boys, Parktown Girls, and Greenside every, every, um, during the week, once a week. We also have our Friday nights and our Sunday mornings, and it's fantastic what's happening. Our discipleship department, it's almost a misnomer because all of us are called to make disciples. But our discipleship department helps us, and I just I honor them for what they're doing and encourage you, if you haven't been to Victory Weekend, if you haven't been water baptized, or if you haven't been to making disciples, come to these interventions. They're there to equip you, to help you, to be great. Our pastoral and prophetic ministry, it's not the same. It's just that Greg heads up both of them and does a fabulous job, does a spectacular job. Thank you to, to the prophetic ministry. We have got this prophetic ministry of such a high standard. We have people who come to church and they say, you know what you did for me last week when you prophesied over me? I was here for the first time. Could you do the same for my friend? <laughs> people are hearing from God. People are being touched by God. And so often the prophetic ministry, just in the background, after water baptism or after whatever, they're prophesying. And Greg and team honor every one of you. Our pastoral ministry, likewise, is just doing a fabulous job. And there's a number of other things that they've done. They began a new course, the child dedication course, which you've heard about, to equip parents of, of young, child, young children. And our coping with grief course also last year. So there's a bunch of new things happening with our pastoral and prophetic ministry. And thank you for what you've done there. Young adults, let me make something very clear about the young adults ministry. Our goal is not to get you to find your husband or wife. Okay, so don't be cross with us if you don't. And don't be nervous to come if you don't want to find one, okay? If you do want to find you, find one, you're in God's hands. And if you don't want to find one, still come to that. Because it's about fellowship of young people coming together. And they did a bunch of fun things. They did the inside-out course. They've done hikes, brides, Valentine dinners. 
um, Get Real About Gender. There's a campus mix at the World Conference. There's about 120 young adults involved. And if you're a young adult, please get involved and be part of this. It's a fabulous social world together. Our worship ministry. Haven't we got the most amazing worship ministry? Just what? No. Let's thank the Lord for it. While all of you are sleeping on a Sunday morning, and that's fine, they are here getting up early in the morning, arriving here at 6 o'clock in the morning, practicing and on a Monday night. And, and we just see just increased faith and, and people experience God through our Sunday worship ministry. And so thankful for them. They launched their new album, the, um, Deep and Wide. They ran the God Pursuit course last year. And there's just a, a number of great things that they're doing. And if you've got the gift of singing or if you've got a musical instrument and can play it well, please sign up for that. There are many ministries that we could highlight. Let me just say this. I'm probably going to leave out some ministries that you think are like the most important thing. Please tell me and I'll try to bring them in next year. But we can never cover everything. And even if I mention the ministry that's important to you, I probably won't mention everything about it. doesn't mean it's not important. But I do want to highlight our men's ministry. I'm not going to highlight women. It's important. I'm not going to highlight women's today. <laughs> it's important that our men are strong, that our men are on fire, that our men, when you look at them, look like Jesus. And there's just been some just great testimonies coming out of men's ministry. Recent Victory Weekend, I just had the joy of going there. 50 men just crying out to God, humbling themselves, bunch of men getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. I think there were five or six who recommitted their lives. And this is what it's about. It's about every one of us, men and women, being on fire for God. Our resolute men, we're now in season seven. It sounds like a TV series. <laughs> it's an eight-week intervention for men on a Friday night, and that has just been so powerful. If you haven't done it, so encourage you to do it. And we've got a men's inbox. It's a weekly email that goes out. And if you don't get it, please phone the office or speak to one of the pastors. We'd love you to have you part of that. Our social responsibility arm. Every, every nation church, this is within our every nation mission statement, is Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered, and socially responsible. And sometimes that means we speak prophetically into the nation, but it always means that we're the hands of Jesus. Now, we have decided as an eldership that, that we focus particularly on the most vulnerable. And so we give attention to the widow and the orphan. And we've got our Havens ministry, which has done spectacular work. And so many of you have served there. So many of you give sacrificially to that. In this last year, we opened our third baby haven, which was awesome. Cared for 37 children um, across Johannesburg, across our various havens. That's full-time, um, staying in the havens. And uh, four children were adopted and six reunited. And currently, we have 33 kids. Pastor David, we have, in total, how many kids have found their forever families? It's about 200. Through this ministry, and we, we really need to celebrate this, 210 babies have found their forever families. In other words, been adopted. Can we just thank the Lord for that? The Malabongwe ministry is for women in distress, women who life has just thrown them a curveball, and that's been running and just doing a fabulous job on a Wednesday. Ten of those ladies recommitted their lives. Fifteen were baptized in water. Transformation Friedrup, um, suburb not too far from here. A um, lot of poverty, a lot of social need. And uh, in the afternoons, ministering to the kids, playing sport with them, helping them with their homework, ministering Jesus to them, touching 60 kids at the moment. And then home base. We have got nine um, 
young men, young women in the program, often usually out of an orphan system, they get kicked out and they end up on the street. And through this ministry, they find bursaries, they find funds for them, providing a place for them and doing a fabulous job. I'm so grateful that we do this as a church. Um, we don't provide all the funding. Many of you give directly and we've got international donors, but I'm so grateful for every one of you for what you do in terms of serving and giving. Uh, every Nation Biz has had a fabulous year. It's been fantastic. So grateful. Um, it's the Every Nation Biz guys that run our coffee shop. It's Every Nation Biz that runs plenaries. And uh, we've had incredible speakers over the year. It's Every Nation Biz that um, has been providing counseling, mentoring to the Malabongwe ladies starting, starting their own businesses. And typically on a Thursday, they're also counseling young entrepreneurs. So if you've got skills as a businessman or woman and want to serve, please get involved. If you've got need, also please get involved. Some of the things that we would never see happen if it wasn't for this congregation are the church plants and the campus ministries outside of Rosebank. And I encourage you, go to Vitz, go to UJ, go to our other campus ministries because God is moving there in power. How many of you were part of our campus ministry? I just want to see um, before you carry on. Just lift up your hand high. Awesome. Pastor David even, he was part of it 30 years ago. <laughs> We are currently helping five church plants, missions and church plants. Swaziland, there's just a wide open door there. Venda, I was there last week, got up early in the morning, left, got up at three, we left at four, we drove up to Venda, and they're just doing a relaunch, and it's fantastic to see what God is doing through Chile and the work that they're doing there. Ghana, Lord, and Agnes, we sent there, and again, the doors are open. If you've got a heart for Ghana, please put up your hand. Kenya, we see, is so strategic. Us going Cape to Cairo, um, East Africa is so important. So we've got a church plant happening there. Zero Rust, if you don't have money to go to Kenya, you've got money to go to Zero Rust. And we recently had a men's mission team go out there, and it was fantastic. And I think I've mentioned them all. So please get involved. Please sign up. Please be involved. I want to present to you our officers, if that's the right word. It is the right word. Who are elders, starting at the top. Going clockwise, we've got Pastor Simon, and um, he's in Botswana at the moment ministering. We've got Carolyn Keyes, who heads up Vitz, one of our citywide elders. David and Caroline, who are looking a bit dark there, can't really see them, but great leaders. Thank you for your service. Andrew and Carol Gosman heading up Every Nation Ramsuk. And then bottom left, um, Gillian Davids. He's in Cape Town, but he's our apostolic covering. So if we can't agree as elders... We've got a deadlock breaking mechanism. We think that's good governance. We've got Langa Mbunambi, Real Worship Fame, one of our elders, Doran Belinda, and uh, Tem Mandalaba, and then Nick Lanai at the top. We've got two more incoming elders, uh, Saviwe Notche, not yet an elder, and um, Dr. Sergei Solomon. So those are our future elders. Just want to confirm our officers. That's myself, Simon, and Doran. So those are the officers who do all the necessary um, signing of bank statements and sign sureties for you and all that kind of thing. I'm now going to actually present the numbers to you. And as I said to you, the most important numbers are people. Yet, it's important that we show you because this is your church and this is your finances and we all participate in this. Why do we do this? We believe in good stewardship. We believe in utmost good governance. And as Paul writes, talking about the money that he had received. He says, we want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift. We are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also 
in the eyes of men. In other words, with the fear of God, we're doing what's right before the Lord, but we want to show you as well how we use the finances and what the money has been spent on. Our financial structures, we've got a financial advisory board. There they are on the left. And if you're saying, how do you get onto that? If you're a member of this church and you want to serve, awesome. We need men and women who have got skills, who are passionate about finances. We welcome you. We also have a remuneration committee and Andrew LaRue and a bunch of other people. And uh, nobody sets their own salary. Nobody's in the room when their salary is spoken about. And it's a mix of lay and, and full-time people on the remuneration committee. And then we have Kath Hector as our financial manager, and she's a chartered accountant. A couple of things to take into account when we look at these figures. It's 100% of Rosebank, this congregation, and financially dependent congregations. It's 100% of our social arm, havens, etc. But it's only 10% of our financially autonomous congregations. They contribute towards um, our citywide. So it's a consolidation of citywide, but it's not consolidating all the figures from CAC, from Reimsuch, and uh, from North, because they manage their own finances. We changed our year end from, from February to December, because that's the way our operations work. So I'm presenting to you a 10-month cycle, and uh, we give you comparatives as well. Now, that's our, what used to be called the balance sheet when I qualified as an accountant. We will hand out detailed financials to you. might be hard for you to see at the back there. The main thing I want to highlight to you is that our biggest asset Obviously, it's people, but on the balance sheet is this property, and we're so grateful to the Lord that we've managed to pay it off. Thank you, Lord. There's going to come a day, because we're trusting to go to 10,000, where we'll sell this, and we'll move to something bigger, and as the Lord gives us increase. What used to be called our income statement, um, now it's summarized statement of comprehensive income. I want to highlight a couple of things to you. If we compare... 10 months last year to 10 months this year, we've gone from 17 to 19 million, which is fantastic, and we're so grateful to the Lord. Um, it was actually a lot tighter than it looks, and I'll show you in the next couple of slides. We had a couple of very big gifts at the end, and we had a debt write-off. But our surplus for the year last year, it was a, a deficit of 250,000. This year, we ended on a surplus of 2 million, and I'll explain that to you in a moment. Yeah, thank the Lord for that. So tithes and offerings received for the year, this is um, the Rosebank Consolidated, 19 million um, expenses, total expenses, 20 million, a net surplus from ordinary activities, 230,000, and we had a debt write-off um, within Southern Africa towards every nation, the apostolic activities of 2,4 million, which is amazing. What are we going to do with that money? We're going to set up, we are setting up right now at the moment, a retirement annuity scheme for every member of our staff and everybody, every member of MPD. So we're going to spend 1.2 million of that for that, and we've got a couple of other special projects. We also, as I mentioned to you, had two very big tides right at the end of the year. So it's unusual for us to end the year so high. Normally, we kind of just scrape through, but we're so thankful, and we're going to spread out um, that surplus over the next 18 months. Another way to look at it, we all like pie charts, we all like pies. Um, <laughs> our tithes and income, 19 million, um, the red going clockwise, citywide income, 1,2, that's from other congregations. His Haven's gifts, this is some from you, some from other donors in other churches, significant amount from overseas. 
Um, it's nearly five million. Those are gifts that are designated just for that. And then missions, income, 200,000 has come in for missions. And then other income, 3.41 million. How did we spend it? You can see how we spent it. I don't want to take too long. Um, Rosebank, Havens, missions, mission support, etc. We have a total of 111 staff. And this is across the city. And this includes the Havens. And this includes people that you probably could describe as underemployed. We're not fully paying for them. Okay? Many of them are in partnership. A significant number of them are not working full time. But that's how the breakdown is in terms of our staff. And do we want to pay them well and appropriately? Of course we can. Of course we want to. We can't always do that. But we are trusting. And with this new surplus that we got this year, we're able to make a good step forward. Another way to look at it is this way. We compare our total income of 23 and how we spent it. 10 million on the salaries, administration on operations, 2.6 million etc., etc., just to give you another way to look at it. All of this is on the financials. Some, implement, some initiatives that we implemented, we've got a zero-based budgeting system that's been put in place, working well. The citywide budget is now self-sustaining. It used to be that as Rosebank, we would fund it, now it's self-sustaining. There's detailed, documented financial procedures, and there's good communication between Exco and FAB. It's very robust, that nobody can just make decisions by themselves that FAB has a role, the elders have a role, and Exco has a role. I want to end on three slides. Firstly, I want to say thank you. I'm not ending the service, as the good pastor says. I'm beginning to end, but <laughs> I want to end this part. Thank you to every one of you who have given so generously. Without your giving, whether it's in service or in finances, we would never have been, been here. Copies of the financials are available, and if you've got questions, you can email or you can speak to some of the leaders afterwards. Secondly, there's a number of things that we're believing for. don't know if you've noticed the coffee stain here on the floor. <laughs> we are believing. We're trusting for new carpets. We're trusting to refurbish all the chairs. And we want to do a stage upgrade. We want to just up the excellence here. Now, let me say this. We don't have the most beautiful church building in town. But we've got the most beautiful church, and that's you guys. <laughs> And we have delighted to spend more money on people um, than on buildings. But we do feel like it's time to do that. We're also trusting for a combi. And TOTS 1 and 2 um, being used very well during the week. Um, full tilt. But um, there's been some zoning issues there. And the zoning application is in. We should get feedback soon. We are trusting for a church of 10,000 people. That's what we believe God is going to give to us. So watch the space. There'll be Q&A after the service. We're also going to have a Rosebank in Darba, Thursday the 15th of June from 6 to 7 p.m. in the conference room. You can also ask questions there. And also there's going to be some very exciting leadership transitions and leadership things that we want to tell you about. Amen. At this point in time, I'm going to allow two questions. Right? And uh, then I want to go to the Word. So if we've got an usher or somebody with a microphone. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you. Um, just two questions, and um, you can only ask a question if you're a member of this church, okay? By the way, if you're a member of the church, you can also inspect the financials, not just the, you can actually go into the office and ask questions, and the hard copies of financials are available at the back. So if you've got a question, please stand up, uh, lift up your hand, stand up, introduce yourself, and ask a question, and we'll do our best to answer.
Any questions? No problem. One question. We only had one question in the first service as well. Um, not a question really, just um, personally as a Christian who's gr who grew up in this church, thank you to you, Pastor Roger, and the leadership for your excellent work you do and for your faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. All right, we're going to transition to the word. Father, help me to change the way I'm thinking right now. <laughs> help us all, Lord God, to hear what you want to say, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for all the good things that you did this last year, but you are the God of the now. And I pray you would speak right now into people's hearts through the word in Jesus' name. We are busy doing the king's letter. And I want to talk to you today about our radiant king. In Song of Songs, 5 verse 10, it says, my beloved is radiant. Have you ever met somebody who's radiant? Who just shines like there's just like a glory, there's a wonder. I, I remember some of the old Omar's gogos at my previous church. And physically they were frail, but man, the glory of God shone, shone from them. They were radiant. When I had the privilege of meeting our late president, Nelson Mandela, in Umtata, I mean, a greatness radiated from him. Now here, the bride is talking about her beloved. She's talking about the bridegroom. She's talking about Jesus. And it says that my beloved is radiant. And what does that word radiant mean? It means dazzling or glowing or clear or bright. You know, there is a brightness, there is a clarity, there is a radiance that comes from the presence of God. There is a streaming from God towards us. I've only ever had two open visions in my life. And by an open vision, I mean that I can ever go back there. I can always see it. And the one was, it was like I was in space, coming towards, just coming towards God, kind of millions of miles away, if you will. And you could just sense and see the greatness and the wonder of God. God, our great bridegroom, is radiant. And what does this mean? What does this radiance mean? What does it speak to us of? Song of Songs 6 verse 10 says, Who is this that appears like the dawn, fair as the moon, bright as the sun, majestic as the stars in procession? When we think of the radiance of our bridegroom, when we think of, of the radiance that comes from God, what does it mean? What does it speak to us? I put it to you that there are three things that God is that radiate from God. The first one is holiness. The second one is love. And the third one is truth. That God cannot but be these things. Holy full of love. He is love and truth. In Isaiah chapter 6, we have this moment where Isaiah, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah has a vision of God. And he's on the throne. And it says that the cherubim are crying out, holy, 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 holy. It's important that we have a revelation that God is holy. And these angelic beings, far greater than us, when they see the Lord, you know what they cry out? 
God, you are holy. You are holy. You are holy. And I say that to you because I have a concern. I speak to you as a father that sometimes we miss the holiness of God. We miss the fact that he is so pure and he is so righteous. Now, what should our response be to the holiness of God? What should our heart response be? Repentance. It should be honor and the fear of God. And not a servile fear, but a filial fear. Servile is like a slave. Servile is like a prisoner in a torture chamber. We're not meant to have that fear of God. But the fear of God that we're meant to have and the repentance is that of respect and honor towards God. You know, you can tell if, if the fear of God is upon you, how quickly you repent, how quickly you turn to him when you mess up. Couples, just make this real. How quickly do you apologize to each other? Not that you need to fear each other. <laughs> But often it's a sign of, of, of breakdown when there's a long time between you and God, before, between what he says to you and your response to him. You know, I had the joy of my son, he's 21, contacting me, and he had a question for me. He didn't have to ask me this question. He's living in another city at Varsity in his honors year, and it pertained to his um, end-of-year dance. And he phoned me. He said, Dad, would you give me advice in this particular matter? That's how we should be towards the Lord, that what's important to him is important to us. That's a sign of the fear of God. It's not like, how much can I get away with and not lose my salvation? It's not, how far can I push the boundaries? No, we want to and we live to please him. The fear of God is an awesome growing respect or reverence out of the greatness and the goodness and the holiness of God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, since then, we know what it is to fear God, we try to persuade others. Isn't it interesting? Since we've got the fear of God, the reverence and the respect for God, there's an action that comes with it. So how do you know that the fear of God or the reverence of God is in your life? There's action with it. Whether it's turning away from your sin, or even more importantly, doing the things that God has called you to do. The things that He's speaking to you, the adventure that He wants to take you on. You're saying, yes, Lord, and you're responding to it. So first and foremost, God is radiant in his holiness, and we need to get that in our hearts. Lord, may we get that. May we, may we perceive, may we recognize your holiness. Lord, may the fear of you come upon us, Lord God, that we are quick to respond, that we are quick to say, yes, Lord. Second thing about God, our radiant king is his love. And it's amazing. Our God is all holy, and yet He's all love. We cannot stand as imperfect beings in the presence of God. No sin, no unrighteousness can do that. But we can because of the love of God expressed in sending His Son, Jesus. So God doesn't just love, He is love. And He expressed it through Jesus. And it says in 1 John 4, 7, love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest amongst us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, 
or not that we have loved him first, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. In ourselves, in the holiness of God, we cannot stand. But because of his love, his word today is one of, come my son, come my daughter. Now, it requires our repentance. <laughs> it requires our acknowledgement. It requires us saying, God, I need you. But you know what? His love is prodigal. His love is generous. His love is full. And we are called to come to him like little children. Have you noticed little children? They just like run up and hug. Yeah? Little children who are healthy, who are well in their soul, they believe, they trust. We are called to come to God like little children. Stop being complicated about your relationship with God. Can you just run towards him and just say, sorry, God, you know? Just, just repent, just turn to him. Bring your fears, bring your pain, bring your, bring your trouble. Come to him. Our God is love. And our God is prodigal in his expression of love. What does prodigal mean? It's not the prodigal son. It's actually the prodigal God. Because God gave so graciously, so richly, and so completely. So the prodigal God, prodigal means to spend money or use resources freely, recklessly, wastefully, extravagantly. The father sending his son poured out the best of heaven for us. Extravagantly having or giving something on a lavish scale. That is what God has done for us. And that should change our hearts. <laughs> so our response to the holiness of God is repentance and reverence. And our response to the lavishness of God's love towards us should be, Lord, I love you, and I am so grateful. And you know what? Love actually is stronger than any fear. So above all, we meant to do things out of love for God. Lastly, God is truth. There is no shadow of turning in him. You cannot change God's mind as to what is right and what is wrong. You may desire that the laws of the universe could be altered, but it ain't going to happen. And we do well to say, Lord, let your truth come inside of me. Let truth be found in my inner parts. His love is there. His holiness is streaming towards us. Will you allow God's truth into your heart today? I conclude. My beloved, our beloved, is radiant. Radiant in his holiness, radiant in love, and radiant in truth. Let's bow our heads and pray. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to have a moment with God right now. Lord, we ask for your light your radiance to come in. Lord, your love, your truth, and your holiness. Father, where we are in compromise, where we are dabbling, Lord, just shine your light that we might repent. Lord, where we are not doing the things that we are called to do, Lord, let a, let a new reverence come upon us that we are quick to do what you're called to do. 
Father, for all of us, we pray an outpouring of your love upon our hearts. Lord, where we've got deficits, Lord, where we've got anxieties, Lord, where we've got fears, just pour your love upon us. And Father, I pray for your truth to be found in us. Lord, may we not be self-deceiving. Let your word, your truth come in. Just blast out any deception, any lies, any confusion as to who you are and who you've made us to be and your love towards us. 